Hi, everybody, and welcome back on the Macro Compass. This is Alf speaking. Do you remember July? Because here we are again. We are left to assess whether we're looking at a bear market rally or a sustainable turning point for the stock market. Last week, uh, the softer than expected inflation print spurred a massive rally across asset classes. Um, just one statistic, the 60-40 portfolio posted one of its strongest two-day performances ever following the CPI print. And also precious metals zoomed higher and et cetera, et cetera. Now, the magnitude of the market reaction was also exacerbated by technical reasons that I will explain later on. But to assess medium-term implications, we need to break down the CPI report and take a broader look at the global macro puzzle. And that's what this article will do. It will decompose the latest CPI report. It will contextualize the market reaction and it will look at long-term ETF portfolio implications and tactical trade ideas that we can consider going forward. Now, let's start from the CPI report. Core CPI came in at a monthly pace of 0.27% for October 2022. That's the lowest monthly print since summer 2021. When it comes to inflation, as you guys know, here on the Macro Compass, I look at momentum and composition of inflationary pressures rather than just on one-off prints, because this helps smoothen the volatility and seasonality. And by the way, Powell himself told us that he's looking at inflation the same way, and in particular, is focused on three-month moving averages and composition of inflation. So if I look at where the momentum of US core CPI is on a three-month moving average basis, it's at 0.5%. And, you know, the trending pace is still too high for the Fed to cave in, but at least um, it's the pace is undeniably slowing down from its peak. Now, we had already two false positive in this measure in late 2021 and in mid-2022. So it's worth looking actually at what the underlying drivers and the breadth of this inflation surprise was, because the Fed is also paying attention to both the drivers and the broadening of inflationary pressures. So the biggest negative contributor of this core CPI print were actually goods, especially transportation goods, which basically are used cars, and medical care services for a technical adjustment. And the most positive top-line contributor was our good old friend, shelter inflation. Now, the positive news in all of that is that goods disinflation is finally here. It was about time. I mean, we transitioned from a pandemic goods-centric world uh, during the, the pandemic itself to a post-C19 uh, normal economy that is a service-driven one. And also, the decongestion of global supply chain will ensure further weakness in goods prices. The New York Fed Global Supply Chain Index, a very good indicator, is now sitting at only one standard deviation away from its 25 years long-term mean. So we are not totally out of the woods yet, still one standard deviation tight in the Global Supply Chain Index, but bear in mind this number was four standard deviations tight at the beginning of 2022. So we are definitely making progress on supply chains, which means that core goods prices are likely to keep coming down. And this is a good news when it comes to inflation. But the less positive news is that when it comes to the composition uh, and the broadening of inflation, still almost 70% of core CPI components are running above 4% annualized inflation rates. That's a relatively broad and sticky uh, inflationary pressure yet. Most importantly, shelter inflation, which is the, one of the largest components of uh, core services inflation. We all know that it lags house prices. It also lags on the ground negotiated rents by the way it's calculated. And therefore, it's very unlikely that its monthly pace will markedly slow down 
before, at least six months from today. That's also reflected in core services CPI, X Energy, that are still running at 6.7% year on year. That's the fastest pace in 40 years. Now, going forward, what should we expect from inflation? There has been marginally good news from this print. There is still some problems to solve. I expect goods disinflation to accelerate and also the momentum of core services inflation to stabilize going forward, which means that month-on-month -month core CPI, under my assumptions, should range roughly in the 0.3-0.4% area for the next six months, until June 2023, roughly. That implies year-on-year -year core CPI slowly trending towards 4% by June 2023, which is a welcome development, but still way too high for the Fed to feed at ease, especially after what Powell has told us plenty of times this year. Now, here I'm relatively in line with market expectations, but where I'm not in line is that by the end of 2023, my models are pointing towards a very rapid drop in inflation at or below 2%. And that will be coupled with the likely earnings recession. The very negative global credit impulse print in July 2022 leads year-on-year -year inflation rates by five quarters. So if you project ourselves all the way uh, between July 2022 and five quarters ahead, that basically makes us uh, sit at the end of 2023 and suggests a major downtrend in inflation and nominal growth in the third and the fourth quarter next year. I don't think markets are fully appreciating the extent of the vicious slowdown, cyclical slowdown in inflation. We can expect partial good news going forward, but then a rapid disinflationary trend in the second half of 2023. The second leg of this rapid disinflationary trend will also be associated with higher unemployment rate and negative earnings per share growth. In other words, a recession. So how did the market actually react to the CPI print? That's the second um, leg of this, of this article. So there was a celebratory rally, to say the least. And think about this. After the softer than expected CPI print, the Goldman Sachs unprofitable tech index rallied 25% in two days. So the market exploded higher across the board. And you know while the extreme bond market reaction can be somehow rationalized, and I will do that in a second, the equity market rally was really extreme and due to technical reasons as well. Let's talk about the bond market for a second. As you know, guys, nominal yields can be decomposed into real yields and inflation expectations. After the CPI print came weaker than expected, also inflation expectations in the US came down and one year forward, one year inflation is now priced at only 2.65%. Now, that means that even if front-end nominal yields rallied, and they did massively, the Powell credibility indicator, which is the market-implied real Fed funds rate ahead, still remains comfortably high. It's now running at 1.63%. And remember that uh, the credibility zone for Powell there in this indicator is roughly at least in the 50, 75 basis point area. We are running comfortably in incredible um, areas, credible zones for Powell looking at this indicator. So coupled with the fact that the terminal Fed funds rate, yes, they came down, but they're still priced in the 4.9% area. This provides some talk, some context to the bond market move. I mean, it was very large, but it still leaves fixed income pricing within what the Fed would probably deem acceptable. Equity market rally instead was much more pronounced and mostly driven by technical and institutional reasons. And let me explain. I've run institutional money for a while, and I'm very familiar with the incentive schemes out there. A money manager annual compensation is largely dependent on bonuses. 
those are mostly paid as a percentage of calendar year performance or overperformance. Now, in 2022, you had two kind of uh, money managers. You either traded very well, uh, you have been presently short risk and made a killing through October, or you traded poorly and you're now hoping for a quick turnaround. Now, in the first case, if you traded very well, your incentive scheme now is to protect your hard-earned bonus. Your downside between November and December is a face-ripping bear market rally that wipes out a lot of your PL and hence a lot of your bonus. You don't want that. So you will likely buy upside exposure to the market, even if you don't believe in it. You will try to buy upside exposure and chase it higher because it protects your downside risk into year-end. In the second case, let's say that you traded very poorly this year. Well, your job is anyway at risk in the money management industry, and you can only hope for a quick turnaround at year end. So what's your incentive scheme again? To buy very convex structures, call options out of the money that benefit from an outsized bear market rally, and maybe could, could save your day when it comes to your bonus and your job. And this is very visible. This technical institutional behavior is very visible in the skew of the three-month S&P 500 option. Skew basically is the difference between the implied volatility of out-of-the-money puts and out-of-the-money calls in this chart that I use. So I took a 20% out-of-the-money put on the S&P, a 20% out-of-money call on the S&P, and I compare the volatilities of the two. Now, puts are generally more expensive than calls. People want to buy insurance. It's just a normal, um, you know, skew kind of, of slope. But in this chart, you can see that the ratio between the implied volatility in puts and implied volatility in calls was never this low, which means that puts were never this cheap to calls. You have to go all the way back to March 2020 when everybody had already capitulated to see this kind of skew in the three-month S&P 500, which tends to um, endorse what I just explained. At this point of the year, the incentive schemes drives people to be much more willing to pay and chase the upside moves in the equity markets than they are to chase downside moves. And this behavior largely exacerbated the equity market rally, as when it moved up, people were chasing it on the way up. And the extent of this squeeze is also visible in the S&P equity risk premium. Just hit 4.5%, which is the lowest level since summer 2021, when the Fed was very accommodative, the economy was running strong due to fiscal stimuluses. And it's also sitting in the one standard deviation expensive territory if I use a 15-year time horizon. It's becoming relatively stretched on a risk premium perspective. Now, this leaves us with the $1 million question. What are the actionable trade ideas ahead? Now, short term, guys, this bear market rally might extend a bit further. I even do not exclude the S&P to test um, 4150 but the air above 41,000 really becomes pretty thin. Now, it could rally a bit further, but in markets, the best trade opportunities arise when either markets have largely mispriced the direction of travel ahead, or they got that right, but they're under or overestimating the speed and the magnitude of the moves ahead. Now, because of these two trades stand out to me, they're both medium-term trades. I consider these to be backbone trades to have in the books for the next quarter, so the entirety of 2023, actually. The first trade benefits from what I think is a big mispricing from markets in the direction of travel ahead. I expect a sharp nominal growth slowdown, especially in the second half of 2023. Yet, I see that the bond market strongly believes that the Fed is going to keep rates in the 4% plus area, even when we face this very disinflationary recession in the second half of 2023. 
Now, 2001, when something like that happened, the Fed cut rates from 6.5% to roughly 2% very rapidly in the space of a year. It's a capitulation move from the Fed. Now, a similar scenario where the Fed cuts rates from 45 5% to 1.5%, June 2024, so I'm getting quite a lot of time to see this move unfold, is only priced at a probability of 10%. Now, I do not expect this to be the base case. I don't expect my base case to be Fed funds at 1.5% or below by June 2024. But I definitely think that 10% probability is a very, very low probability being priced in for such a scenario. So I bought these call spreads on June 2024, software future. A euro dollar future would be a very similar trade. And you basically pay two and a half cents to gain a maximum um, profit of 25 cents, which makes an implied probability of only 10%. And I think along the road between now and the end of 2023, this probability might be reprised by markets to be something higher than 10%. Now, the second trade should benefit from markets being aligned on the direction of travel ahead, but I think here they largely underestimate the magnitude of the move ahead. And I'm talking about the real estate market. Now, I posted a chart that shows when mortgage rates rapidly change on a year-on-year -year basis, you give it nine months and house prices will be affected pretty materially. Now, if you look at the move you had in mortgage rates, it's basically by far the fastest move up in mortgage rates over the last 25 years. And that should be uh, implying house prices dropping 15% across the board. Obviously, there are differences in, in house prices and, and mortgage structure market across jurisdictions. But in on average, I expect a 15% move lower in house prices across many developed markets. And analysts out there are expecting a move down, but only in the single digits. Uh, space. They're talking about a mildly weak 2023 for real estate market. I think they're still in la-la land. How to actually implement this trade? Um, I think after the sharp rally we have seen um, in, over the last month, it's looking pretty decent to start accumulating some put-or-put spreads um, with an expiry of mid-next year, roughly, on XHB, that's the Home Builders ETF for Americans listeners, or for Europeans, the D5 BK ETF. I think both of these are starting to look attractive from a put or put spreads perspective. The market rally might extend a bit further, which again, with a bit of patience, um, should be able to make us accumulate some short positions in, in these real estate driven uh, sectors. If you're a less tactical investor and you own real estate related exposure in your portfolio, you could simply use a strong rally uh, that we had in October and perhaps that we're going to have a bit further in the next few weeks to reduce your exposure to the real estate sector. Now, guys, thanks for listening until now. One important message still left. If you enjoyed this piece and the other 40 plus pieces I've published this year, just a reminder that from January 2023, this content and much, much more will require the paid subscription. As a newsletter reader, though, if you're amongst the first 2,000 subscribers, you can get a 20% discount using the code TMC at the checkout. The offer is valid until November the 30th for the first 2,000 subscribers. There are 1,200 spots left after four days, and it's applicable to all tiers that I will now mention. There are three tiers uh, in the services we'll offer on the Macro Compass platform in 2023. The long-term investor tier. The long-term investor tier offers weekly macro and market insights, a long-only model ETF portfolio, 
and 25% permanent discounts on all macro courses. The full price in January is 399 a year or 39 a month, but using the TMC discount now, you can get it for 319 a year or 26 a month. The all-round investor is a second tier that encompasses all what I just mentioned, plus timely macro and market reports around big events, not only once a week, but ad hoc around big market events, tactical trade ideas on top of the ETF portfolios, interactive macro tools to check and see market moves and test trade ideas and chart macro data exactly like the pros do, a 50% permanent discount on all macro courses and a monthly Q&A Zoom call. The full price in January is 12.49 a year or 125 euro a month. But using the TMC discount now, you can get that for 9.99 a year or 83 a month. Finally, for institutional investor, there is a pro investor tier that gives you all the all-round services plus an exclusive monthly cross-asset piece, bespoke trade ideas for institutional investors, pro-dedicated interactive macro tools, and the possibility to access me via Zoom calls or emails. And the full price in January is 5,000 euro a year or 500 a month. Using the TMC discount code now, you can get it for 4,000 a year or 333 a month. Now, subscribing to any of these tiers above will guarantee that you lock in the early bird prices and your subscription, even if you do it now, will cover the entire 2023 calendar year. You can see the website, check everything in the article. Thanks for listening, guys, and we will speak again next week.